Hey guys, welcome to Crime, the rest is history. And before moving on to today's episode, I would suggest everybody to listen to the disclaimer. So today's episode is about Elizabeth Stride, murdered on 30th September 1888, the Jack Ripper's third victim. Elizabeth on long list, Stride spent the last afternoon of her life cleaning rooms in the lodging house at number 32 Flower and Dean Street, where she had lived on and off for previous six years. The deputy creeper Elizabeth Danner paid her sixpence for the cures, and by 6.30 p.m. Elizabeth was slacking her thrust in the nearby Queen's Head pub at the junction of Fashion and Commercial Streets. By 7 p.m., she had returned to the lodging house and was accordingly fellow resident Charles Preston, whom she borrowed a clothes brush and dressed ready to go out. Having chatted briefly with another lodger, Catherine Lane, Liz Stride left the lodging house at around 7.30 p.m. Seen with a man it rained heavily that night, and the next sightings of her was at 11 o'clock when Jay Best and John Gardner were certain that they saw her sheltering in the doorway of Brickley's Arms on Settle Street. She was in the company of a man who was about 5 foot 5 inches tall, and he had a black moustache and standy eyelashes and was wearing a black morning suit together with a billock hat. According to Best, they did not appear willingly to go out. He was hugging and kissing her, and as he seemed a respectably dressed man, we were rather astonished at the way he was going on with the woman. The two men couldn't resist a little light-hearted banter at the couple's expense and remarked to the woman, Watch out! That leather apron is getting around you! Embarrassed by the claffling, the couple went off like a shot. And Best and Gardner watched them hurry through the rain towards Commercial Road. William Marshall's sightings at around 11.45 p.m. William Marshall, a laborer who lived at number 64 Brunner Street, was standing outside his lodgings, and when he noticed a man and a woman outside number 63, they both seemed quite sober, and as he watched them began to kiss, Marshall heard the man remark to the woman, You would say anything but your prayers. The couple then moved off, heading in the direction of Dutyfield's yard. Marshall described the man as being middle-aged and short, and had the appearance of a clerk. He was around 5 feet 6 inches tall, clean-shaven and respectably dressed. He wore a small black cutaway coat, drug trousers and a round cap with a small sailor's-like perk. P.C. William Smith sees her. At 12.30 a.m., P.C. William Smith proceeded along Brunner Street on his beat and noticed a man and a woman on the opposite side of the road to Duttle's feed yard, where Elizabeth Stride's body was later discovered. 
The man was approximately 28 years old with a dark complexion and a small dark moustache. He was about 5 foot 7 inches tall, had on a dark overcoat, a hard left deerstarer, dark hat and an arc clothing. The woman, whom Smith later identified as Elizabeth Stride, had a flower pinned to her jacket. However, the couple were doing nothing that aroused Smith's suspicions, and so he continued on his beat, keeping ahead onto the commercial streets road. The club at 40 Brunner Street At number 40 Brunner Street was the International Working Men's Educational Club, which had been founded in 1884 by a group of Jewish socialites. Member Maurice Eagle had left the club at around 12.15 a.m. to walk his young lady home. Returning to the club at 25 minutes to 1, he found the front door locked. So he went through the gates into Dutelfeet's yard and entered the club via its back door. He noticed nothing on the ground by the gates as he passed through them and was sure he would notice if a man and a woman had been in the yard at that time. However, since the yard itself was pitch black, he was not able to say for certain if the body of Elizabeth Stride could have been there at that time. Seen by Israel's words, the most important witness to have seen Elizabeth Stride in the 13 minutes before her body was discovered in Dutel's feed yard was a Hungarian Jew by the name Israel Swartz. He turned into Brunner Street at around 12.45 a.m. and noticed a man walking ahead of him. The man stopped to talk to a woman who was standing in the gateway of Dutyfield's yard. Skirts was later emphatic that the woman had seen was Elizabeth Stride. Since it is likely that Israel Swartz witnessed the early stages of Elizabeth Stride's murder and is therefore possibly the only person ever to have seen one of the Jack Striper's victim in the act of being murdered, his statement is worth close scrutiny. Albert, he spoke no English and therefore gave his evidence through an interpreter. It is also a worth noting that his statement to polis and interviews he subsequently gave to journalists do differ in certain details. However, the polis do seem to have taken him very seriously as a witness. Scrit's Statement According to Scritz, the man was about 5 feet 5 inches tall, aged around 30 with black hair and a fair complexion, a small brown moustache. He had a full face, broad shoulders and appeared to be slightly intoxicated. As Scritz watched, the man tried to pull the woman into the street, but then spun her around and threw her onto the footway whereupon the woman screamed three times, but not very loudly. Israel Squitz appears to have believed that he was witnessing a domestic attack and so he crossed the road to avoid getting involved. As he did so, he saw a second man standing, lightening his pipe. As Squitz passed him, the man who was attacking the woman called out apparently to this second man and the word, Lipsky! 
at which point the second man began to follow him. Scrooge panicked and began to run and had managed to lose his apparent pursuer by the time he reached the nearby railway arc. The second man, Scrooge said, was aged about 35 years, around 5 feet 11 inches tall, had a fresh complexion, light brown hair and a brown moustache and wore a dark overcoat with an old black herd felt hat. The presence of the second man is something of a mystery. It has suggested to some that the killer had an accomplice. Who was the second man? However, the evidence seems to suggest that the police traced the second man and eliminated him as a suspect. Indeed, in a report dated the 30th, 19th of October, 1888, Chief Inspector Swan wrote that police apparently do not suspect the second man, although we do not know why this should be have been. Since her body was discovered at 11 a.m., that sighting of her would mean that Elizabeth Stride was murdered between 12.45 a.m. and 1 a.m. For two violent attacks to have kept place on the same woman in the same gateway in the space of those 15 minutes is too much of a coincidence. So there is high possibility that the man that the Israel Swartz saw was the man who murdered Elizabeth Stride. Lewis Discomus finds the body. At 1 a.m., Lois, the steward of International Working Men's Educational Club, returned to Dittlefield's yard from West Howe Hill Market near Crystal Palace, where he had spent the day hawking the cheap jewellery. As he returned his phony and cart into the yard, his phony shield to the left and refused to go any further. Looking into the yard, Lois saw a dark form lying on the ground close to the wall of the club. Leaning forward, he propped it and with his whip and tried to lift it. When this proved unsuccessful, he jumped down to investigate and struck a match to get a better view. It was windy that night and the match was extinguished almost immediately. But in brief seconds, flickering light, he saw it was woman lying on the ground. Thinking it might be his wife, he went into the club by the side entrance and finding his wife safe, he told several club members, There's a woman lying in the yard and I can't say whether he, she's drunk or dead. Taking a candle, Lois returned to the yard with several other club members. Now he noticed blood by the body, and those present winced in horror and horror when they saw that the woman's throat had been cut. They go for the police. The various club members rushed from the yard and hurried onto into the surrounding streets to find a police constable. Lewis and a companion headed along Fairglove Street shouting, Murder! and Police! At its junction with Christian Street, they met Edward Spooner. P.C. Spooner arrives. He 
he asked what all the fuss was about and when they told him he returned with them to doodlefield's yard where around 15 people were gathered spooner stooped down lifted the woman's chin and found it to be slightly warm as spooner tilted the head back lewis got his first glimpse of just how terrible the wound to her throat was i could see that her throat was fearfully cut he told a journalist later that day there was a great gash in it over 2 inches wide a stream of blood ran from the woman's throat and up the yard towards the door of the club there was also a doubled up piece of paper in the woman's right hand which later transpired was a packet of cautious or a or of breath freshness pc lamb arrives at the scene maurice eagle and another club member had headed out of burner street and gone right along commercial road here they met pc brainer henry lamb and told him come on there has been another murder lamb alerted pc edward collins and together they followed the two men back to doodlefield's yard where the crowd had now swelled to some 30 of 40 to 20 people lamb ordered the bystanders to keep back least they get the blood on their clothing and find themselves in trouble and told collins to go at once for dr fredrick william backwell who lived at 100 commercial street he then sent maurice eagle to lehman street police station to summon further assistance as the two men headed off lamb stooped down and felt the woman's face finding that it was still slightly warm however when he left or felt her vest he could directly feel or feel no sign of pulse when asked by the coroner at the subsequent inquest whether the woman's clothing had been disturbed ramp replied no i could scarcely see her boots and added she looked like she had been quietly laid down dr backwell's arrives dr backwell arrived in the yard at 1:16 a.m. and had having been pronounced the woman dead gave it as his opinion that she had been dead for between 20 to 30 minutes he noted that the woman who was wearing a checked silk scarf the bow of which has turned to the left and pulled tightly at the inquest he stated that he had found the opinion that the killer had first taken hold of the back of the silk scarf and pulled his victim backwards onto the ground he however could not be certain whether the woman's throat was cut whistled she was standing or after she had been pulled backwards once the killer had been cut her throat slicing through the windpipe she could not have been able to cry out and would have ble- have bled to death within about a minute and a half the gates are closed shortly after dr backwell's arrival pc lamb gave orders to close the gates into duttlefield's yard and told everybody to remain where they were then he carried out a search of club premises examining people's hands and clothings for blood stains in the process 
Having found nothing suspicious, he went around to the cottage at the rear of number 42 Brenner Street and woke the residents who had apparently remained asleep throughout the excitement of previous 30 or so minutes. The residents appeared very frightened and when they asked Lamp what had happened, he told them nothing much as he didn't want to alarm them further. Lamp then returned to the body to find that Inspector West, Inspector Pinhorn and Dr. Phillips had arrived at the scene. Inspector Ryald heads to the scene. Inspector Edmund Ryald was alerted by telegram at 1.25 a.m. and headed directly to Brenner Street from Commercial Street Police Station. When he arrived, Phillips and Beckwells were examining the woman's throat. All the people in the yard were then integrated and interrogated and then their names and addresses were taken. Once they had been satisfactory account of themselves and their movements, their hands and pockets had been inspected and searched. They were all allowed to leave. A more through search was then made of the cottages and the names of the residents ascertained. Hopes of aspirating the killer in his hiding place were briefly raised when the door of a lot was found to be locked from the inside, but on forcing it open, the police found it empty. Ralph then minutely inspected the wall near to where the body was lying and found no traces of blood on it. At 4.30 a.m., the body was removed to St. John's Mortuary in Constable Street and at 5 a.m. P.C. Albert Collins washed the body from the yard and also the blood from it. So guys, on the same date, 30th September 1888, as the people found the body of Elizabeth Stride, there was another story that was happening in the background. So what was that story? To know more of the another story, stay tuned for the coming up weekend. Until then, this is Crime, the rest is history and this is your host, Lavnia Zeus. Adios!